0: The Fast action appears slow. The whole world...
1: The Outline, World Dispatch.
2: Tuesday, May 23rd, 2017. I'm Tolu Adyonwe. Today on The Dispatch, three stories about artificial intelligence. Adrian Jeffries finds a real-life Robocop. The police in Dubai are going to have a robot patrolling the streets. We look for a solution to biased machine learning
0: And so the question is, can you train the model in a more informed way?
2: And Roland Bishop looks at where Google is taking a really hard game.
1: Google's AI is still playing Go.
2: Here's the dispatch. The future. According to Gulf News, the city of Dubai is introducing the newest member of its police force this week. It's a 5-foot, 5-inch, 222-pound android that will start patrolling the streets on May 24th. Adrian Jeffries is here with me on Skype right now to talk about it. Hi, Adrian. Hi, Taylor. So please, give me the story about this robocop. What's going on? So this week,
3: the police in Dubai are going to have a robot patrolling the streets in, quote, high-density communities. And it is a robot that looks like a five-foot-tall or five-foot-five-inch-tall human. It's pretty... uh, it's pretty human-like. It has a face um, in press photos it's wearing a police hat. And then it has arms uh, and it can shake hands and speak in six languages. Um, and it's supposed to be kind of like a, a community sort of policeman or policewoman,
2: what have you. And is this the first, you know, like machine of its kind to be used in this way? It's not really the first
3: time police have used a robot. Um, first of all, the, I, the word robot is super broad. It can mean, you know, like a small remote controlled car that police in Israel use or, you know, in, in ways that you wouldn't equate with like a robocop who like looks like a police officer. Although there are uh, police robots that are being developed that do look like that. Um, The Dubai model is really kind of the first that will be, like, a movable android, human-looking police robot that interacts with people on a daily basis. Should we be worried? (laughs) So every time there's some kind of robot in the news, people kind of have this reaction of, like, oh, it's Skynet and the Terminator and Dystopia and... I'm definitely one of the people who is guilty about that, but I do think in this case that it is justified to not just treat it as news about technological advancements in policing. Dubai is an extremely strict place. There are laws against uh, kissing in public, for example. Um, It's also illegal to strike, and there have been... Uh, Stories about how bad labor conditions are in Dubai for migrants. So you could imagine this kind of police robot is being used to enforce uh, conditions that um, people in the rest of the world would think, you know, are not humane. Mm -hmm. Um, The robots have cameras and they're supposed to be able to help scan faces to identify uh, offenders. And you could easily imagine that If, say, workers were striking, this camera could come record what was happening and document people's faces for arrest later. And eventually, the head of the um, sort of like future-looking technology center of the Dubai police said that their hope is to have 25% of the force be robots by 2030. You could imagine that they start making arrests or that they start interacting with people in more ways in more places. And I do think the fact that it is in such a strict country, where some of the laws are in direct opposition to what we think should be allowed here in the U.S., um, that it's should be concerning for Americans. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, although I said in the piece they don't have guns yet, so that's good. For now, yeah. That's, I mean... Yeah, that's great for now. (laughs) They haven't said anything about whether they will have guns. I think, you know, like I had mentioned uh, a robot that Israel uses that's kind of like a remote-controlled car. It has a Mm -hmm. Glock on it. There are robots that police the border between North Korea and South Korea, and they have guns. Um, In Dallas, when uh, there was a suspect, a sniper, who was shooting police— the cops there ended up sending in a bomb disposal robot that was remote controlled and they actually strapped a bomb to it and detonated it and killed the, the sniper. That was reported as the first instance of police in the U.S. using a robot with physical force against a person. Um, so it's definitely not crazy to think that uh, these Robocops in Dubai would end up carrying weapons. So we should be worried, <laughs> it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, it's never good to panic, but it's also good to just sort of keep an eye on the way things are going. All right. Thank you, Adrian. Thanks. Bye.
2: The future. In April, it was discovered that the viral app FaceApp was unwittingly racist. The app's underlying algorithm was trained through exposure to thousands of photos of faces so it could learn to recognize what a face was and then apply filters to it. Unfortunately, this set of face photos was apparently mostly white or else it was trained using data that reflected a preference for white features. That meant that a filter designed to make your face look hot, translated to lighter skin, smaller noses, and rounder eyes. FaceApp later removed the feature and apologized. This is one of many instances of the newly recognized phenomenon of algorithmic bias, where algorithms help to propagate inequity. Preventing this bias can seem impossible when you consider the obscure inner workings of self-taught computers. But data scientists have been working on solving this problem for a while. Suresh Vankata Subramanian is an associate professor in the School of Computing at the University of Utah. He's also a planner for the Fairness, Accountability, and Transparency in Machine Learning Conference.
0: The way machine learning works is that you take your data, you train a model, and the model is used to make decisions. And So the question is, can you train the model in a more informed way to make sure that it's not just ruthlessly searching for accuracy in its, in its, in its predictions, which is one of the things that can often lead to bias, but is also tempering that search for accuracy with a search for fairness and balancedness in the way it makes decisions.
2: One of the major tactics in the fight against algorithmic bias is cleaning up the data before it's even introduced into the system. The apparent accuracy of an algorithm is determined by its ability to recognize patterns in a given data set and then make comparable decisions given new data. If the training data say overrepresents a certain population because of institutionalized discrimination, then the algorithm will of course reproduce the effects of those practices.
0: A lot of the problems that come up in the, you know, bad uses of machine learning are a lot of them can be attributed to people just not thinking through the results, the consequences of what they're doing, not thinking through the larger context in which the results are going to be used, not having that larger ethical social framework to think about their work.
2: The other prime anti-bias strategy takes into account the fact that many machine-learned algorithms aren't accessible because of proprietary reasons or by deliberate design. In these black box algorithms, only the inputs and outputs are available. What's actually going on in the program is opaque. So, some institutions have begun to make open calls for more transparent algorithms. The Association for Computing Machinery released a list of principles for algorithmic transparency and accountability. And the Institute of Electronic and Electrical Engineers is currently working on a set of guidelines of their own. Big name companies like Microsoft and Google have installed anti-bias measures in the form of ethics boards. But at smaller companies, the responsibility for fairness can rest solely upon the engineers, who aren't necessarily considering these matters. By speaking to the scientists who are designing the systems, these groups hope to bypass the bureaucracy and impress the need for considerations of fairness directly onto the source. Just
1: over a year ago, an artificial intelligence called AlphaGo beat the fourth ranked player in the world at Go. Go is a complex and ancient game that is said to be a better test of the unique capabilities of the human brain than chess. Now AlphaGo is preparing for its next public demonstration. This week at a summit in China, it will collaborate with human players to come up with strategies Then it'll face off against the top-ranked player in a series of three matches. If it wins, it will have shown that its underlying algorithms are ready for something more than a game. AlphaGo is the product of DeepMind, which in turn is owned by Google's parent company, Alphabet. DeepMind's experiments with Go are designed to bring us closer to designing a computer with human-like understanding that can solve problems like a human mind can't.
0: AlphaGo is our program to actually try and crack Go The number of possible configurations of the board is more than the number of atoms in the universe.
1: DeepMind's experiments with Go are designed to bring us closer to designing a computer with human-like understanding that can solve problems like a human mind can. Programming a computer to do this is basically impossible. So DeepMind took a different approach, using machine learning to analyze Go matches and teach itself the game. AlphaGo defeated South Korean Go champion Lee Sedol in March 2016, winning four out of the five games. You're pretty comfortable calling it for AlphaGo though, aren't you? Yeah, AlphaGo won. Okay. AlphaGo was winning and it looked like Lee Sedol resigned. That's our official result. Yeah. All right, well, congratulations uh, to, to uh, AlphaGo uh, for an amazingly well-played wow. game. Yes. That was unexpected. Most thought AlphaGo would do well, but ultimately lose. Instead, it handily beats it all, at one point making a move that was so clever, commentators at first thought it was a mistake. Now AlphaGo will face the top ranked player in the world, the teenager Kejie. It's expected to win outright, since AlphaGo won the three online matches it had secretly played against Kejie around January 1st. But after the unofficial online losses, Kejie seemed to indicate that he had something up his sleeve reports reported that he wrote on the Chinese social network Weibo that he had, quote, one last move. We'll find out what that means this week.
2: That concludes the dispatch for today. I'm Tolu Adyonwe. Till tomorrow.